The upcoming solar eclipse on April 8th is expected to be the most watched natural live event in human history. We've got some tips for camping, for viewing it, a whole bunch of facts and more. Plus, we're going to talk about this big grand design frame flex issue. I'm calling it grand design frame flex frenzy. Say that 14 times fast. I can't say it once. <laughs> and we're going to give you some uh, some resources to know about on the whole frame flex thing, the, this issue that folks are having with their RVs flexing which isn't really a bad thing. We're going to talk about it. It's a frenzy, Jason. <laughs> this is RV Miles. Since 1912, L.L. Bean has been helping people get outside together with gear tips and advice for exploring all the possibilities of the outdoors all year long. Here's a quick tip for your next ski, snowboard, snowshoe, or sledding trip. Change into your socks and base layers when you get to the mountain or trailhead not before. A toasty car ride is a great way to ease into the day, but it might introduce moisture that could make you cold later. Start dry and warm so you'll stay dry and warm. For more tips, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com explore. episode number 310 of the RV Miles podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two RVers who, along with our three boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to frenzies, solar eclipses, and so much more. <laughs> We're excited to be back this week. We did take a week off last week, a much needed week off, uh, but we're back and ready to roll here. We, we've we had a whole lot of crazy weather around here. It's gone down to like 12 degrees and it's currently like 70 degrees. It's been absolutely wild as it has been for many of you across the country. I know California might be getting like 20 feet of snow around Yosemite, 10 feet, 20 feet. Don't quote me on that. It's been a while since I read the article. I think it's 10. 10 feet. 10 feet of snow around the in the Sierra Nevada, which is still, I mean, 10 feet is over everybody's head. Let's, Even let's Jack's. Even our, our 6'4 son. Yes. Uh, if you're watching this, you might notice that RV Miles has a little bit of a new microphone setup. And I, woo, when you change up my environment, I am really struggling. We have, if you've been watching Jason's news videos, we have the arms now. It's kind of actually what we used to have when we first yeah. began i keep leaning down into it like hi i'm here but what's i'm so great excited to talk to all of you is you can I, actually you can these move around so well that i can get really close in here and move I, without moving my head this it's is nice. like the last episode where you made me stand up to do the podcast now you stuck like stuff changing on her i get so comfortable in my world and now you've put these new microphones and these yeah. new headphones on me and this is going to be welcome to Abby's awkward episode. If you're watching yeah. this, just I'm going to be incredibly awkward today. It probably doesn't sound a whole lot different yet. We're still, I have to do like so much processing mm -hmm. of our voices when we record in this studio because it is like an incredible echo chamber. So, <laughs> so once we get this thing built out, we're going to have a lot more sound absorption and stuff and 
It's just taken some time. One of these days we'll get there. One of these days. Hey, I wanted to kick off the show this week talking about this whole frame flex thing. I don't even want to call it grand design issue, but you know, that's is where it has come up. And I, I, I talked a, a little bit about this on a news video recently, uh, but in the time since, there's been a lot of really great reporting from two folks in particular, our friend uh, Josh Winters, Josh the RV nerd, who was just on the show, of course, did a really great video on this subject where he went and talked to manufacturers. He talked to a lot of folks who um, who own RVs that have had this issue, and uh, and he talked to a lot of dealers and all that sort of stuff. And then JD from Big Truck Big RV, uh, Big RV YouTube channel, he did uh, several videos on this, but he's actually gone and done interviews with the folks at Lippert. Lippert manufactures the vast majority of frames that are put onto RVs in the RV industry. So there's a whole lot of information out there now about this. Because the thing about this that has always bothered me is like, there's no way to quantify it, right? We know folks are saying that it's a grand design issue. Grand design is up there with the top selling manufacturers of fifth wheels, right? And uh, particularly a lot of YouTubers own grand designs. Hmm. There was a time, uh, you know, grand design has been bought by Winnebago. I'm not going to make a judgment on what that means about them. Um, Grand design has been owned by Winnebago for several years now. Um, But grand design was you know, really touted big time by a lot of YouTubers uh, and a lot of full-timers several years ago, back when they were an independent company, as somebody who really stood behind their um, uh, their warranty and made a really good product. And I think a lot of the issues we're hearing about, because all the issues we're hearing about are on big, heavy fifth wheels. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about issues on the frames of the big, heaviest fifth wheels out there. Uh, my concern has been, are we hearing more about Grand Design? Because Grand Design sold a lot of them, right? And maybe everybody's having this problem. And, you know, I think there is an element to that. But so what JD found out when he talked to uh, Lippert was that Lippert says, you know, of course, it's they're the, they're the manufacturer of the frame, so take them with a grain of salt, that about uh, that less than one-tenth of one percent of fifth wheels are having this problem. Uh, and they were, they seem to be very open and honest about this. Uh, and that the ones that are having problems tend to be the very heaviest. They often tend to be full timers, um, which is an important distinction. I think, even though that some of these RVs are specifically warranted for full-time use. When Josh did his video, he talked to, uh, to a lot of owners and at JD did sort of the same thing. And, you know, found a lot of the complaints about this issue, not all of them, but a lot of the complaints about this issue were second owners. Um, So who knows what happened to that RV before it was sold. A lot of the folks that have had this issue um, perhaps may have been overloaded for a significant period of time. And that's a real big concern and a real big distinction. So what frame flex is, is really frame failure is what we're talking about. And it's when the frame isn't really carrying the load of the, uh, of the unit very well. And it's flexing out of, 
out of spec, which means a weld is broken somewhere, something's not attached right, something like that. And what happens when that when you get frame flex, usually one of the biggest signs of it is your fiberglass starts cracking. So many of us have seen on our, our rigs or on somebody else's where their fiberglass is cracking near a slide or there's a big crack running down the fiberglass on the side of the unit. And that's often because the frame isn't holding it properly. So there's a whole lot of reasons um, that this all could be happening. And I, 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 I feel like I'm not saying anything specific here because that's the problem is that there are really no great specifics about this. But I do think that to some extent, this has become something that is a little bit, it, it, I don't want to say it doesn't, it's a, it exists. It's a problem folks are having. Um, I've seen, talked to dealers that have, that, you know, have seen uh, an increase in this happening, but I feel like social media has uh, made this sound like something bigger than it is. Yes. Social media has made it sound like something bigger <laughs> than it is. And it's okay to say that. I think the biggest way that you judge information as it comes in, or I should say that I judge, I'm not going to talk about how you do it, but I'm going to talk about how I do it. The biggest way I look at information like this or information in general, because there are so many different ways that we can absorb information is I first look at the source and there are a lot of sources out there in the RV world that every time there is a major issue, what a surprise their rig has it. Mm-hmm. Their lifestyle has it. They are a part of the drama. And if you have a piece of content, uh, a creator that you're getting content from, that you're getting information from, and it seems like every single dramatic thing that scores a lot of clicks or a lot of likes or a lot of watches, and they seem to have it every single time, that to me is a red flag. Mm-hmm. That to me says that um, this particular creator is really following what's trendy right now. And what's most important to them is to continue to keep you watching. Let's not joke. We all like drama. There is a reason why reality television out surpasses like all other forms of television at yeah. this point. How much longer are we going to watch Real Housewives just go off into the desert for camping so they can all fight with one another? And people love this stuff. I love this stuff. I'm not going to pretend like I am the exception, but it's really important to remember that those are manufactured realities. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we forget that also in the in the RV space in the outdoor space in any uh my gosh even in just like the gaming world or the the videos our kids watch that are the slime videos all of they're all manufactured they're yeah. all manufactured to have some sort of level of intensity in order to keep us like wanting to feed on it yeah so that is just for me with this, I'm really like, this is why Josh, we know the amount of time, the length of time Josh waited before he put a video out on that because he was doing his due diligence. 
And I really commend him for that because for a lot of people, the knee jerk reaction can be, I have to get this out before everybody else. Exactly. Okay. I, I've got this, so I've got to get it. And I really appreciate creators like Josh and like Big Truck, Big RV who have stepped back and who are gathering as journalists should do are gathering the information, vetting sources, looking for patterns, and then coming and saying, this is, this is what I want to share with you. And I hope that they reap the fruits of that. And everyone goes and watches these videos because they're worth watching. But I know, especially just, I don't, I don't know JD, but I do know Josh. And I know for Josh, this isn't about clicks. And they're two of the biggest channels on YouTube. And I think that is, that is, um, that is nice to see that folks that, that are, that tend to be trustworthy, um, get that kind of respect. And, you know, I don't want to make it sound like this isn't an issue. It's an, Oh no, it's, it's an, an issue. issue. And I know there's some people listening to this podcast that have had that this issue. Yeah. Um, I knew I feel like it is probably an issue that has increased recently too. But to what extent is is the is the question? The the two there's two big things though that I'm coming away from this um thing from. And I, I it's not over, right? There's there's gonna be more to come on this for sure. Um the two big things that I'm taking away. One is that I am shocked at how little collaboration there is between Lippert, who is the chassis manufacturer, and the RV manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And JD really opened my eyes to this a lot, where it's like a lot about, you know, the manufacturer of the RV specking what they want and Lippert building that to, you know, an engineered spec to, to carry the weight it's supposed to carry and all that. But... Uh, they give guidelines to the manufacturer, whether that's Grand Design or Keystone or whoever, uh, as to how this, how the house portion of this unit should be attached to that frame and uh, how much weight it can carry and what parts and all that sort of stuff. But, but that's where it's left, mm-hmm. and ultimately, it's up to the manufacturer. You know, so some people have spe- have speculated that well, you know, perhaps it's really really what's happening here is that there's one or two models of Grand Designs that just weren't getting attached properly and you know there needs to be a recall or something on that the the other thing that i'm taking that that that's kind of blowing my mind about this is nobody's heard boo from grand design about it yeah. grand design has made no statement on this they and, and in fact there have been some folks who have suggested or insinuated or um maybe proven and i don't know this yet that when they've had this issue fixed by Grand Design, Grand Design has required them to sign a non-disclosure agreement mm. about it, so they don't, you know, talk about what what happened, what the fixed was, and any, anything like that. So I don't like that. There are a lot of concerns around that for me. Um, I look. I think Grand Design does make a lot of good products. Um, I, I think they need to address this issue and show you could, they, they've got the stats on this, right? They can show whether it's an issue or not. Maybe it's not an issue. And the fact that they're not saying anything kind of speaks volumes. I think, I mean, it would be great if, you know, they 
give someone like you or Josh or JD an email or all three of you and invite you up there and open the door and let you guys in and and talk to the news and talk to people that are really trying to bring the information forth on this from a neutral perspective. And I think that that is another thing too with all of this. When it's you, when it happens to you, it is so frustrating. I feel for everyone that is dealing with this. And it's very hard to stay neutral when you're the one being impacted. Yeah. And there are certainly, um, I, I can't, this is such a small, small peanuts compared to what people are dealing with, the, with their rigs. But when we were having, when I was struggling with my role in America's National Parks podcast, and I was really struggling with some of the negativity that was coming into it and everything that I was feeling from it, I had to step away from it. I have stepped away from it. I had to get out of it because I couldn't, I couldn't accurately do my job. I couldn't accurately, I couldn't professionally come in there because I was so emotionally overwhelmed by all of it because I was feeling just so frustrated. And I can't imagine, you know, trying to, as a being a creator, being someone, or even just being someone who has a, a YouTube channel and trying to put together something on this, on my own rig and being able to be fully objective. I know people can do it. I know it probably at the end of the day, I could do it if I had someone checking me, but like, I think emotions are really real for some people in this and that has yeah. to be addressed. And I think it's so disappointing to me that grand design is not addressing this. This is the problem I think sometimes in a lot of industries, but particularly in our industry, is that a lot of manufacturers or a lot of um, brands believe that if they just say nothing, it's eventually going to go away. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I haven't reached out to grand design for comment on this. So I, and I can't speak to anybody else, but I, I am not aware of any public statement or anybody that they've talked to publicly and, and giving a sort of comment on this. Yeah, maybe we're wrong. And if we're wrong, we would love to be wrong because it would be very, I think, comforting to the people that are dealing with this. And maybe they have heard from them personally, but wouldn't it be comforting to hear from a company that you invested tens of thousands of dollars in and maybe you've on multiple rigs and you've gone around and uh, sang the praises of this company. It would be really nice for them to say, yeah, we're going to, take care of you and we're going to do what needs to be done and things like that speak volumes uh, to customers that you have in the future because I will say right now it's not pretty in the comment section on our news videos yeah. for Grand Design and that makes me uh, sad for them because I think some of that is a self-inflicted wound. Yeah. I mean, part of these part of the problem is that these are these are tend to be out of warranty rigs. You know, uh, and when you have, you know, they may have a, a like a 10-year frame warranty or something, but then Lippert says, well, we didn't do anything wrong here. And so you've got so many people here in the fray. You've got Lippert saying, we didn't do anything wrong. We've got Grand Design saying, well, this is probably Lippert's fault, or we didn't do anything wrong, or the customer overloaded their RV. Um, or, you know, it was in an accident or it went down some pretty terrible roads and uh, it is, it has been used outside of the realm of what it was supposed to be used for. Um, 
and it should be an insurance issue. And the insurance company is like, ah, come on, we're not paying for this, right? Yeah. And and we, the customers, get caught in the middle of all that, and that's really unfortunate. So this conversation went on much longer than it was sure. supposed to. And actually, this was supposed to be, I think a good chunk of this was supposed to be this week's detour. <laughs> and we just decided, I think, as we started yeah, talking it's, about it's this. It's too important for that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that, or not necessarily that it's too important, but it's really hard to separate out yeah. a conversation this big and not really bring all factors into it, or at least all factors and information that we have at this moment. This is really fluid. And who knows by Monday or Tuesday, it could completely change. And everything that we just said today could be null and void. Who knows? I guess we'll see. We'll find out in the next news video. All right. Well, we need to take a break. Uh, We want to mention quickly, though, that we are having our monthly live stream for Mile Marker members here on Monday, we do this on the first Monday of the month. Uh, so if you're listening to this right before um, that happens and you're not a Mile Marker member yet, you can become one and join our monthly live stream. We're excited to have all your Mile Markers uh, together to answer questions and chat and have fun. We always have a good time with the live streams. It's always a blast. It starts at 9 Eastern, 5 Pacific. You can just go to rvmiles.com slash milemarkers to sign up. It's $7 a month to be a member, or you can get two months free by becoming an annual member, and that's $70 for the entire year. We have a lot of really great perks for everybody, including these monthly live streams that we do, but also our Detour podcast, which is the podcast after the podcast for Mile Marker members, and a free subscription to what we think might be one of the best magazines, not just RV magazines, but one of the best magazines out there, period. And that is RV Today magazine. So rvmiles.com slash mile markers to join us. We would love to see you at this month's live stream, or we would love to see you in April. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around. You'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes. A full line of weight-distributing hitches. Adjustable ball mounts and a new line of fifth-wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit BlueOx.com. This episode is sponsored by the Park Wolf app. Ever found yourself in the heart of a national park surrounded by beauty, but unsure where to go or what to see? That's where Park Wolf comes in. Park Wolf is the ultimate app for exploring national parks. As you drive, the GPS shows you what's coming up on the road, and an audio guide will fill you in on what's there so you can decide if it's worth a stop for you or not. Gas running low, looking for a bite to eat or a bathroom break? Park Wolf's got you covered. It keeps track of the nearest gas station, restrooms, food, and pullover areas. And the best part, it works without an internet connection. And if you're a wildlife enthusiast, you'll love Park Wolf's wildlife maps and sighting notifications. So before you set off on your next National Park adventure, download the Park Wolf app for your iPhone from the App Store. It's your ultimate guide to national parks. We are back and it is time to talk about the solar eclipse. As I mentioned in the top of the show, this is expected to be the most watched live natural event ever. And part of the reason for that is the path that it's taking, uh, especially across the U.S. It's going, you know, from Texas all the way up through, I think, 
Somewhere in the Northeast, Maine-ish. Yeah, yeah I got all the information. Okay. I got a whole list of fun facts here. <laughs> uh, but first, we want to say that this whole segment is a collaboration that we're doing with our friends over at RV Share, and they have an incredible amount of Eclipse information on their website. It's over at rvshare.com slash solar eclipse 2024. You can go over there and kind of find everything that we're talking about, but Boy, as I was putting this together, uh, did I feel really silly that we are not partaking in this? Because well, we've talked about it. <laughs> we oh, of course, we talk about a lot of things, Jason. We don't necessarily we, always we, do. Them. We could make the drive. Uh, we and... could. We are about. Uh, so it's going to come through. I'm going to go through the. Um, its path. But for us up here uh, in Western Illinois, we're about like four and a half, five hours from the path of totality. Now we're going to get some of it. Yeah, We will get some of it, but we are not going to get that maximum eclipse that a lot of you are going to get. And what's so fascinating about this is as I was looking through all of these articles that RV Share has, and I'm talking state-by-state camping locations, events that are happening all across the path of totality, and just a really cool partnership as well between RV Share and Spot Tonight that I'm going to talk about later on, there is just so much happening. And part of that is, as Jason alluded to, the path of totality, the amount of people this is crossing. So I've got a long list of fun facts here. We're going to go through. Yeah, this is going to be a great time. This is incredible. This was so fascinating to me as I was researching this. So if you don't know, Solar Eclipse 2024 is happening on April 8th, 2024. And it is the first total solar eclipse in the continental U.S. in seven years. The last one occurred August 21st, 2017, which we actually participated in. Let me tell you, like being in the path of totality for that was absolutely incredible. We were we were staying with your parents yes. in Kansas City. We were about like an hour and a half out of the path of totality. So we just drove for the afternoon to, I think, Joplin, Missouri or something like that. Yeah, just uh, found uh, a Saint random St. Joseph. Saint Joseph yeah. Found a random place to stop, just a playground, which was great. And there was a whole bunch of people there doing the same thing. Yeah, we all had our glasses and we experienced it. So when that came through back in 2017, it crossed from Oregon to South Carolina. So this one is going in the complete opposite. It's actually coming up from Mexico and it's heading towards the Northeast. Now, before the 2017 solar eclipse, we hadn't seen a solar eclipse in this country since before I was born. Wow. Yeah. So February 26th, 1979. Now, uh, I was stewing and brewing at that time and my <laughs> my mother was pregnant with me, but I was not on the outside of this world yet. And as of April 8th, 2024, we will not see another maximum total eclipse for 20 years. Wow. So I'm having, this is where my FOMO started yeah. kicking in because I was like, do you know how old yeah. I will be before <laughs> this happens again? So it's, uh, it is scheduled. The next one is scheduled for August 23rd, 2044. So it's probably a good idea. You go ahead and start booking your campground now because. <laughs> You just need to. The fact this always blows my mind. The fact that they know that and can calculate that out. They know know, like when comments will come by and all that stuff. It blows my mind. It's fascinating. I mean, in addition to everything that RV Share has on their website about this, even just to take it a step further and go deeper and to go over to NASA and spend some time there and really just the whole education surrounding it is it is 
fascinating. I many hours yesterday were spent reading up on all of this. So, uh, speaking of the fascination of it, a solar eclipse. There's a little bit of. Um, a little bit of science for you. A solar eclipse occurs when the sun, the moon, and the earth are aligned or in syzygy. Syzygy. Is it the dawning of the age of Aquarius? <laughs> I, I do better in hair than I would do uh, saying this word. S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y. Oh, I couldn't even syzygy begin to stop you looking that one up. Uh, and it only occurs when uh, the lunar phase is in its new moon. Oh. So that's just, and there are so many other facts about this. That is like the tip of the iceberg. I, I'm not going to sit here and try and do homeschool mom voice on y'all, but uh, it's really incredible to learn why this happens when it happens in the pattern, like how everything has to come together in perfect harmony in order for this to occur. <laughs> that's uh, also a hair quote. <laughs> it <Okay>. might be. <laughs> don't, don't tell anybody. Uh, so harmony another understanding. <laughs> Sorry. I take all of my knowledge from musical theater. The solar eclipse, like Jason alluded to, it will be the most watched live natural event in history. The one that occurred in 2017, uh, the path of totality was home to 12 million people. This time it's home to 32 million. Wow. So, and that is largely because the path is going to go through large cities in Texas, Indiana, Ohio, and New York. So here is the path, essentially, uh, where you're going to see maximum. And maximum is the full and complete uh, covering, okay? And again, this is all, what's beautiful about this RV Share site is this is all listed there. And then you can click on each individual state. And then inside each individual state is going to be information about camping and all of that for that state in and around the path of totality. So we've got Dallas, Texas, Itabel, Oklahoma, Little Rock, Arkansas, Poplar Bluff, Missouri, Paducah, Kentucky. Let me just say now, if I mess these up, don't come at me, please. I this is Paducah's right. Not my <laughs> syzygy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Carbondale, Illinois, Evansville, Indiana. I Cleveland. think it's Idabel. I don't know. The Oklahoma one is the one I'm I'm not so sure about. You think it's Idabel? I don't know. Idabel? Idabel? That's fine. Both are beautiful. Idabel's actually sounds better. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Evansville, Indiana, Cleveland, Ohio, Erie, Pennsylvania, Buffalo, New York, Burlington, Vermont, Lancaster, New Hampshire, and Caribou, Maine. So you can see why 32 million. You're talking about Dallas, Cleveland. Are there a lot of people who live in Buffalo? Yeah. <laughs> They got a football team. Buffalo, I know. Well, uh, <laughs> so the eclipse is going to begin. So it's going to come up through Mexico. It's going to hit Dallas first of the list of states I just gave you. It's going to get hit, hit Dallas first with the partial starting at 1223 central time. It'll reach maximum eclipse at 142. They only get like two minutes in Dallas. It's so, it's so amazing because it's so quick. We have been gearing up for this, everyone. But campgrounds have been booked for over a year. How do they? I mean, I know that they know all this stuff. They know know the minute it will happen and exactly how. They're smart people, Jason. This is why we're sitting here reading their information and not the ones like actually providing the information. This this is a reason why everyone has their place in space and ours is to just regurgitate information. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> when it gets to Caribou, Maine, mm-hmm. the last spot here in the U.S., mm-hmm. it, the partial will begin at 222 Eastern. 
Okay. And it's going to be maximum at 333 Eastern. So in Maine, if I remember correctly, y'all are only getting one minute of this. But what's really cool is down in Mexico, they get the longest duration of totality. I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce this. Uh, They are getting four minutes and 28 seconds of maximum, which is really, really, really cool. So those are some fun facts. Now let's talk about uh, the safety facts. It is very, I cannot stress this enough. It is all over every website. Don't look at the sun. <laughs> I, it's amazing that we have to remind people. RV Share reiterates it's on their site, reiterates it. NASA does. We're going to do it here. Do not look directly at the sun with, without eclipse glasses. Yeah. Even, 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 my friends, very dark glasses. No. <laughs> look, Ray-Ban's not going to save you in this one, okay? It's it just not. You and need eclipse classes. I'm sorry, I haven't read your list. So mm, if this is on here, that's okay. I'm just gonna don't point your camera directly at the sun either. Yeah, it will absolutely destroy it. Yeah. You do not want to. Po- There's a lens yeah. in there. If you've ever focused the lens on an ant, you know what happens. Yeah, don't po- focus any. Don't point any camera uh, at at the sun without the appropriate. Same thing like with your eyes. You put the appropriate filter on to uh, and, it. and a regular like dark polarizing filter again is not going to do it. There's all kinds of, if you're into photography, look at, go to the photography, Facebook groups and whatever. And there's a lot of like, um, suggestions on what sort of, uh, film you put over the the lens. Yeah. And I have uh, a version of that in a second when I talk about, uh, telescopes, Mm. but, uh, it's really important that your eclipse glasses, be ISO, I'm going to say it out here for you. It needs to be ISO 12312-2015. Oh, yeah. Write that down. Write it down. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever commit that to memory? If you're driving, yeah, remember yeah, that. Yeah, just, just bookmark this and come back to it. But here's the thing, though. It's You really need to get them from a reputable site because in 2017, Bad people just took that number and put it on some 3D glasses and sold them as eclipse glasses, and that's that yeah. was not what they were. So just because you see the number on there doesn't necessarily mean that that's correct, but you need to go through a reputable site. So RV Share has a reputable site listed on theirs at rvshare.com slash solar eclipse 2024. NASA has reputable sites listed there as well. Just go to nasa.com. You can find lots of local dealers, local distributors that are going to have these. Now, I know Hy-Vee's got some. I didn't vet those Hy-Vee ones, but I'm just saying the grocery store <laughs> well, even had them. You know, I, I would hope that the grocery store is selling legit. So we got but- glasses when we at the last one, and my takeaway from that was, yeah, I, I wore them and looked at it for a second, but mm-hmm. really it was more about the fact that, oh, it's getting totally dark during the day and then coming back. Like, it really, for me, wasn't about actually looking at it happening. There is reportedly, I don't remember feeling this in 2017, but I don't remember a ton. Uh, but there is really a, a physical thing that happens to you in an eclipse. There can be, for some it's, and everyone experiences their world that they live in differently. For some, this is a very spiritual moment. This is, a, they, there's a real connection that happens for them. Uh, and so 
because so much is shifting and you can see the the natural surroundings around you start to shift when all of this is happening because we are oh, we are quickly going from light to day there is there is something physically that happens i mean the temperature you can expect the temperature to drop about 10 degrees just within those couple that that one or two minutes yeah. that you're in maximum i mean this is sort of such a reminder of how vital the sun is to our planet like it is quite incredible. So let's say, um, you are one of those people that was really, really on top of all this. You've got your campground, you are ready to go. There are eclipse parties happening all over this country. Uh, we have just a few reminders that I pulled off of RV share to share with y'all, uh, just for seasoned or first time RVers, just some things maybe consider taking with you as you go to your eclipse party, you go to your sun party, you look for the harmony and understanding in all things. So uh, first off, check the weather. Weather is wackadoodle right now. I, like Jason mentioned at the top of the show, Tuesday's high here was like 19. The day before yeah. on Monday, it was 74. Today, yeah, and, it's like 70. I well, don't know what's happening. It's crazy. A lot of this path is along the route where it's, it's not, I would normally say it's in cooler climate at this time of year. And a lot of the, no. a lot of the public campgrounds wouldn't be open yet because they still have overnight freezes and stuff like that. Some are opening early and all that sort of stuff for this yes. event. But like there, you, you definitely want to be prepared for the fact that you might be dealing with freezing or below temperatures. Absolutely. If you happen to be somewhere where this will, you know, the weather is going to be decent or you don't care about the weather, you'll just bundle up. You know, if you're traveling with kids or a group, like bring some outdoor games. Think about ways that you're making the outdoors as much a part of this event all day for you as possible. Outdoor games, even a deck of cards or a board game, just anything to help enjoy the time outside before the eclipse, after the eclipse. Um, you know, Consider putting out our favorite word. Consider a charcuterie board, like laying out some food, things you can snack on throughout the day so you're not having to run inside all the time to feed the little ones because everybody gets hungry. Like, you know, get a nice bottle of wine and enjoy the occasion. Like, celebrate the fact that you're doing this and you're in this path of totality and you're experiencing this miraculous thing that we're really not going to see again for 20 years. A star chart or an astronomy app to help identify stars like after the eclipse or perhaps during. Yeah, I remember when we, when we did this last time, I, I, one of the greatest things to have in camping at night when you're out in the middle of nowhere is, is to have an astronomy app. And I yeah. remember we were looking at the moon because you know, you can't really see it necessarily until it gets in front of the sun. Right. So we're looking at the moon to actually kind of seeing where it's, and that kind of helps extend the experience, you know. And especially this particular eclipse, uh, Ju Venus and Jupiter. I look, I almost did it. I almost said Venus and Jupiter. <laughs> I can't, I can't. I down pause it all the time. Uh, so Venus and Jupiter are going to be very visible during the eclipse. So having some kind of star chart, yeah. some kind of uh, astronomy app. If you do decide to do that and you want to bring a telescope to get a closer look, I, 
as Jason mentioned about a camera, telescopes also need a special purpose solar filter secured over the front of, I'm reading this, secured over the front of the optics to be considered safe for use during a total eclipse. So if you're going to use any kind of magnetic magnifying device, be your camera or anything with a lens, you really need to make sure that you've got the proper lens on that. Or like Jason said, we've all seen what happens to an ant. So just really uh, keep yourself safe during all that. And then finally consider uh, if you don't normally keep one with you, uh, consider purchasing an outdoor rug and bringing some blankets and pillows that you're cool with being outside because you're going to be laying down. You're going to be looking up a lot. Yeah. So why not just like recline back, lay down, look up at the sky, enjoy your adventure. Really, really make your outdoor world a part of this. And the final thing I want to say, and I really kind of, I, again, I, I copy and pasted this, but I liked it. It said, during totality, take a few seconds to observe the world around you. You may be able to see a 360 degree sunset. You may also be able to see some particularly bright stars or planets in the darkened sky. The air temperature will drop and often an eerie silence will settle around you. And I do remember in 2017, do you remember how quiet it It was? It was very quiet. I mean. It just, it's like the animals. The the world stopped. Every living thing just kind of stopped. And it says it is also worth stealing a peek at the people around you during this and you may. And so, and this is where I got, it says many people have a deep emotional response when the sun goes into totality. And so just, I, I don't know where we're going to be when this happens, but I do think I love that idea of take a minute to just look at the world around you when this happens Take a deep breath and just take it all in because it is truly, it's truly phenomenal. And you feel a part of something so incredibly special and you get to see your world in a way that we don't get to see it every day. So this is really exciting. Um, I am so excited for so many of you who are going to be in this path of totality. This 32 million of you that they're predicting will be there for the maximum. I just, I think we live in a really, really cool planet yeah this is going to be pretty awesome and if you don't have a place to go yet um consider staying off of the path a bit if you can't for having a hard time finding a spot along the path you can stay you know two hours out of it and Mm -hmm. then like we did drive in for the day to some festival, you know, any town on this path is going to have be having a festival. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. And that I think I mentioned that, but RV Share does even have listed mm-hmm. one of the articles. I think it's in their family fun article for the solar eclipse. They have listed all of the events that a lot of the, the major towns in the path of totality are doing either through the weekend or for on that specific day. So there are a lot of ways that even if you're not camping right there you can still experience a really fun day at the solar eclipse. Yeah, and if you uh, if you don't have an RV yet, if you don't want to take your RV, uh, you can, of course, rent one through RV Share. I think they've seen like a 1,000, I'm not exaggerating here, 1,000% increase in rentals over what this weekend 
normally is. So, uh, but that doesn't mean there aren't still RVs to rent out there. So thanks to RV share for putting all this info together. And of course we'll link to it in the description, but for now we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will check the level of our tanks. Be right back. Did you know that eTrailer.com is focused on putting their actual hands on the products they sell? That allows representatives to see, touch, and know exactly what it's like to use the product they sell on eTrailer, providing you, the customer, with quality service and recommendations based on personal experience. If you're looking for a one-stop shop, eTrailer.com has you covered with a variety of RV items, including towing options, interior accessories, replacement parts, storage, and more. But it doesn't stop with RVs. eTrailer.com even offers automobile accessories, sports activities, and recreation items. If you need it, chances are they've got it. Visit rvmiles.com slash eTrailer and receive free shipping on orders over $99. That's rvmiles.com slash eTrailer. All right, y'all, welcome back. It is time to check the level of our tanks. Sponsored by Matt's RV Reviews, liquefied RV toilet treatment, the no BS toilet treatment. You can find the liquid and pod version of this over at liquefiedrv.com. All right, Jay, what is in your black tank this week? You know, there's something that I've noticed as we've driven around the country um, that virtually every town has. And I... I, there's a lot of it here and it just drives me nuts. And, but it doesn't just drive me nuts. I don't understand it. <laughs> the, the, the homemade like paper or stapled onto a light pole signs. We buy ugly houses. Yes. The, we buy ugly houses, the <laughs> yes. uh, mattresses, $200 handwritten. Yeah. Hand, am, does that does that work on anybody? Do I, oh, let me let me write down this phone number. They've handwritten a sign and marker in the, you know, yellow poster board they they bought from Walmart and I made mean, a sign. It worked on me when it was a garage sale, but yeah. I don't know that I'm going to buy my insurance from anyone <laughs> that just grabbed a Sharpie and went to like Office Depot. Here's, my favorite is we buy diabetic test strips. Well, those now, are a hot commodity. I I have I don't know anything about this. Is there like some sort of precious metal in them or something? Or is it, I I'm assuming like people end up getting them from their through their insurance or public aid or whatever, and they don't end up using them all, and they're worth some money. And people are like, we but okay, okay, great. <laughs> is the roadside sign the effective way to buy those? I, Listen, I don't know. It's a little weird to me. And it's like trash. It's literally trash. If you are listening to this and you have either called one of those numbers or been one of those numbers that people can call, we would 100% love to hear from you. I just, I'm really curious because when you brought this up, I thought, yeah, I've never really considered, like, does someone actually call Bob for insurance? You know what? I did want to sell my house and it is ugly. (laughs) So there's a phone number on this little sign that is on this intersection that I drive by that's one foot off the ground. Thank goodness. I'm going to stop in the middle of that intersection. I'm going to write down that phone number, and I'm going to call these folks who buy ugly houses. Do you really trust someone to put a new roof on your house when the, the most construction they could do 
was poster board on a piece of wood. Do they not? Shoved do they the not ground. have a printer that they could like? I, you know, Microsoft Word some some little thing quick and and print that out. <laughs> Listen, we have we have done our fair share of grassroots advertising. Yes. Let's... Okay. No, actually, and you know, hey, this is what we can talk about on Detour. Okay. I will tell. We will tell. <laughs> A couple of grassroots advertising stories. The that theater we, industry makes you do something. That the theater uh, industry that might yeah. include me in a Borders, back when it was Borders, uh, doing things that Borders did not okay. You can't, uh, you, you got to check your dignity at the door if you want to work in the theater industry. Especially, this is especially when you're young and in your 20s and you just really won't work. Uh, so if you would like to hear some of our grassroots advertising that maybe is akin to putting a sign up on uh, like a street lamp, I mean, which I actually, I mean, I have walked around and put posters up yeah, for shows. But they but were I get, professionally I know, printed we can, posters. We'll talk about this in detour, but if you want to hear these stories of some of the uh, humbling things that Jason and I have done throughout our careers for grassroots marketing, uh, just become a Mile Marker member over at rvmiles.com slash milemarkers, and you get two months free if you become annual $70 for the year. And we will, uh, we will, we will, I will tell the story of the, uh, Animal on my head in borders. Boy, that story just ages like a fine wine. Okay. Uh, so, Jason, <laughs> what is in your fresh tank this week? Uh, so, my fresh tank is uh, a really cool experience you and I had at the the local science and history museum here. The Putnam Museum is in, in Davenport, Iowa. And we went to their annual gala because why not? It was a it was a really fun thing to it was fun. get dressed up and and go watch other people bid on expensive auction items. Uh, now, now we did we do did, a wine. We pole. did do a wine pole. We did so a wine we, pole, and we were successful at the one. So wine pole oh, is where you like. I'm sorry. Okay, you were successful Thank at the wine you. pole. Thank you, you pay like twenty bucks, and they have like a whole bunch of bottles of wine that are covered, and they are they range in value from like five dollars to a hundred dollars. And uh, you pay 20 bucks and you just get a random one. And you selected one that was like 70, 80 bucks. Yes, I did. So congratulations. Yes, I did. Thank you very much. Anyway, at this event, um, part of the thing that they were doing was unveiling a sort of newly discovered artifact from the archives. Uh, and, you know, they kind of made a really big deal. And they, you know, they went yeah, on and on was... and on and on about it. But it was very cute. But it was very it small was really town excitement. Cool because what it was is this thing that they call a magic mirror. And this is an Asian uh, artifact that ha it's a mirror that just looks like a, a round mirror. But if you shine it on a white wall, like shine some light at it and reflect it onto like a white wall, an image of Buddha appears. And... Of course, you would have no way of knowing that if you just found it out mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, you bought it at an antique shop or it was in your museum's collection. But there has have been some museums around the world that have found out they've had these in their archives. And a, a Cincinnati museum found they had one. And the folks here at the Putnam read that article and they thought, well, let's look through archives and see if we've got something like that. And they found like 20 different mirrors. And one of them 
ended up being one of these. And what it is, is like two pieces of metal soldered together or brass. And then the front face is polished like a mirror. But underneath that, uh, in that sandwich is, is this depiction of Buddha. And when they polish it, when they polish the mirror surface, it's just enough to make some little um, deflections in the mirror so that it makes this reflection. And you literally can't see it in the mirror. So we got to see this like reflected onto their like IMAX screen mm-hmm. and see, see it up close and personal. But really what my fresh tank here is about, there are so many things in archives in museums across the country, including our own little hometown here that never see the light of day. And there are so many things to be discovered still already in collections that exist. And I think that is really cool. This is one of three that exists and that is known of in the United States. So that was really cool that that exists here in our little hometown. Yeah. I think there's 24 total if I remember. And they date this somewhere early 1800s. I do believe is what they said. It was donated by a man uh, who had picked it up on his travels in 1904. And so it was just a a really lovely evening. We had some hometown celebrities come and MC the event. There's always always the local weathermen or... (laughs) Or somebody I'm seeing. Yeah. It was it was a lot of fun though, uh, and we met some really wonderful people and got to you know get to know our community a little bit more and things like that. Um, participating because our kids get a lot of wealth from the Putnam. In fact, Henry was just at a class there this morning uh, where they were building and figuring out how to make uh, contraptions to keep an egg safe if they dropped it from the second floor to the first floor. Oh, my goodness. And he kept that he and his team kept the egg safe. They built this really beautiful little contraption. He told me all about it. They were super excited. There were only, I think, like one or two teams that kept the egg uh, safe when they dropped it. This is so Henry. And uh, afterwards, uh, it was all decided. It was a team of three. It was all decided by the team that Henry would get to keep the egg and he was going to take it home and he was going to make French toast with it for victory French toast. And so Henry put the egg in his coat pocket and zipped his coat pocket up and then proceeded to have a marshmallow fight in the room with all the other kids. And lo and behold, uh, smashed the egg in his coat. And so when I picked him up, he's wearing said coat and he's like, mom, I think my egg is broken inside my coat pocket. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I was like, well, okay, can I have it? And I took it off of him. And as soon as I, I could like see yolk, like starting to seep through and I was like, oh, yeah, you broke it. He's like, I know. And I was going to make victory French toast. <laughs> yeah, that's the disappointing part. Not that somebody has to clean this coat. Yeah, so, but, you know, kudos to the Putnam for putting together events like that for kids that really spark their interest in engineering and building and science. And uh, it's great to be able to do that with him. All right. What's in your black tank this week? Uh, so my black tank this week uh goes to the state of New Mexico, which is just 
breaking my heart that I have to black tank New Mexico because I think it's uh, really well known that we are big fans of that state, that we love RVing through New Mexico, visiting New Mexico. The national parks in New Mexico are wonderful. We've Love the campgrounds, and specifically why we love the campgrounds uh, is the proximity to some of the places we like to go to, but also the affordability of their state parks and that camping pass that we have been praising for eight years now. Well, New Mexico has decided no more. Um, that camping pass is most likely going away. They're proposing to remove it. Yes, yes. there, are, and we all know what proposals usually mean. That means I, I, it's happening. I went into detail in my most recent news video of all of the different changes they're looking to make, but essentially it's going to be much more expensive to camp at a state park in New Mexico. Yeah. So I'm very disappointed in New Mexico that they feel the need to, you know, cash in on all of this. And I do think it's a cash in because unless elephant butte has got some new shower heads up in that bathhouse, what I paid for it was what it was worth. That's what made them so wonderful is that they, they weren't the greatest campgrounds, but they were cheap. And when you start cranking up the price on that, I mean, that's the same thing in Illinois, Illinois campgrounds are fairly affordable. Um, but they're, they're terrible bathhouses and all that sort of stuff. And we deal with it because they're affordable, right? Can I say what cracks me up about Illinois campgrounds is one of the campgrounds is named Illinois state beach campground. And I would say off the top of my head, I think one third of those camp spots are on concrete parking lot pads. That it, you it, just is, back it into. is, you know, a big giant, giant rectangular parking lot. It is the most, uh, opposite of beach. That I've like literally, it is so not beach. There is a beach, (laughs) but it's like you're camping in the parking lot. You're not. You're not even camping on dirt. You're camping in a good parking lot. There have been several things that we've we've covered recently happening at state parks. So there's there's this. There's them getting rid of this annual camping pass, which Mm -hmm. was such a great deal. Um, And you know they could have just raised the price. I don't know. Uh, And then we talked about. Uh, my Montana mm-hmm. uh, recently dropping their max stay from from 14 days down to seven. New York's putting a bunch of money into state parks, which is really cool. They're putting $300 million into their state parks, uh, right. which is a great amount of money, but $100 million of that is going to celebrate the 100th anniversary of New York state parks. Who cares? $100 million to celebrate an anniversary? That what? feels so... <laughs> On brand for 2024. Um, but like, I, I I just think that there, there are a lot of different ways that state parks are trying to cope with the fact that there's more people camp, camping and, yeah. and that they're, they need to, and I get it, but like New Mexico, they say, okay, well, we haven't raised camping rates in like 25 years, but New Mexico state parks are also receiving the exact same funding from the state that they were receiving like 40 years ago. It's like nothing. Yeah. The state's paying nothing. nothing. So the the state park system is trying to, you know, combat that by raising rates. And, you know, I, it's not a, look, it's not the, the, the most affluent state. So, you know, I know they've, they've got some money issues and all that, but um, I, I think they're not calculating. We looked into all the calculations of like, well, it's expected to bring in this amount of revenue and whatever. I think what they're not calculating in that it's bringing, going to bring in this, 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 and this is how many people don't come because it's more expensive. I think they need to go read the comments yeah. on this news video. Now I get yeah. it. You know, oftentimes 
the disgruntled ones are the ones that are going to speak up. And <laughs> Maybe we, reading the comments is I, not usually the wow. best advice. <laughs> I know. Th- I'm two for two this episode. I've said read the comments twice. I, <laughs> that is very unusual for me. I just, I think that our state parks are in danger of becoming um, not an accessible place for everyone to camp. Yeah, and that is not what I believe any sort of state funded or federally funded outdoor camping spaces or programs should ever be about leave that to the private sector and yeah. let them, you know, South do Dakota their thing. has that law where they, they aren't, the state parks aren't allowed to compete on price with the private parks. So they have to keep their prices high because of the law. Yeah. There's weird stuff like that. It is really disappointing because we have seen a boom in this industry and we have seen so many people want to become a part of RVing and become a part of the outdoors. And what we are doing now is we are not uh, making places for those people to feel like they too belong because we are pricing out so many and it's just uh, at some point we're going to the bubble will burst and we're going to reach a level to where we all finally collectively say enough is enough. We're not paying this anymore. I don't know what that is going to be yet, but it is really frustrating to me to know that our state parks are becoming places that are competing with our resorts. Like state parks are now basically just resorts. And so uh, I don't know what the answer is, but. I know that New Mexico, these, this camping pass really held a special place in my heart because of uh, what it allowed our family to access and to do in the beginning years of our travel. And it makes me sad to think that others may not be able to have that kind of experience like we had. What is in your fresh tank this week? So my fresh tank is what I alluded to when we were back talking about solar eclipse. And uh, it's really about some of the things that are out there still for people that uh, want to experience the solar eclipse, but have not booked anything yet. So there's a couple things. Uh, Harvest Host just sent out um, some information the other day. They have over 500 locations within the path of totality. So even if you're just wanting to do like an overnight, you don't want to do a lot of campgrounds are requiring two minimum, two night minimum stays in order to come and be a part of the solar eclipse. So if you're just wanting something that's like, I just want to roll in and experience this and I want to roll out, well, Harvest Host could be a really good option for you. So uh, I think that you can just go over to harvesthost.com and they've got all that information over there. But if you're wanting to make this a bigger thing and it's just like now every all the stars are aligning now for you and maybe some of your friends or family, RV Share has partnered with our spot tonight, which is Terry and his group over there, which are a really nice bunch of people. And these two companies have partnered together for a campground packages for the solar eclipse for this year. And I think that uh, what they're doing is through spot tonight, you can book the campground and then they partner with RV Sharon for a set rate. You'll have that RV waiting for you at the campground and you can all in one. You don't have to stress about it. I think this is a really cool thing for people that are new to the world of RVing or who really just want to be a part of this for this one particular event. And they're not maybe RVers ever again, but you can go and have sort of this all-inclusive, totally taken care of you. Just get to the campground. It's there. You don't have to worry about it. And I know that that information is on Spot Tonight's website. It's on RV Share's website. You can go look at it. But I just, I like that when we have these sort of 
big events that really have to do with the outdoors and with out or with RVing that I like to see when companies kind of try to come together to make it even more accessible for those who don't own RVs, for those who aren't interested in owning an RV. Like if we had been living in Chicago, how cool would it have been to be able to be like, we want to be a part of this, yeah. but we don't have, we live in Chicago. Like we barely have enough space to park at that time. We barely had enough space to park our like, you know, urban wagon, our Mazda five, as I used to call it. We could have just, you know, rented an RV and been able to take the kids and gone and done this and had that experience and had it all taken care of for us. And then, you know, headed back. And that is an, a fantastic option because if you think about like all the yeah. levels, like Dallas, Buffalo, like it's just going through all Cleveland, all these urban places where perhaps owning an RV isn't as realistic for some. Well, and but. and if you're on the path and you're looking to make a quick yeah. buck, <laughs> yeah, the you, flip side. you might consider renting your RV out. <laughs> yeah. you know? The flip side is that if we had maybe had our stuff together, yeah. we could have rented our RVs out and let someone go and enjoy the solar eclipse with Bexie or Sabre. That's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles Podcast. Yes, it is. And hey, thank you so much for joining us. And if you are enjoying RV Miles, if you're enjoying the content that we share here and you have just 30 seconds, if you could do us a huge favor and head over to Apple Podcast. And if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, that would be amazing. Every review that we receive just lets Apple know that this is content they want to get out in front of other people. It's the biggest way that you can kind of help the growth of the RV Miles podcast is to help us reach the new listeners that are out there. So if you'll head over to Apple, we would greatly appreciate it. But until then, until we see you next time, please stay safe. Wear your Eclipse glasses, y'all and keep logging those RV miles. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.